Chapter 10 Introductions of Etiquette Made Easy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Charlotte Weeks. Etiquette Made Easy by Edward Squire. Introductions. Simplicity should always characterize good manners, and this truth applies especially in the matter of introductions. There should be no attempt at fine phrases. Mrs. Smith, let me present Mr. Jones. It is to be noted that the names of both persons concerned are given. They should be spoken with entire distinctness. In this form, a man is presented to a woman, and this is the rule to be generally observed. It is admissible for the introduction to contain an expression of the man's wish for it. Mrs. Smith, Mr. Jones desires to be presented to you. Slight variations in the phrasing of these forms are permitted. For example, after saying, Mrs. Smith, let me present Mr. Jones, it is proper to add some such phrase as, he is very anxious to meet you. It is always a mark of courtesy to request a lady's permission in advance of the actual introduction. When introductions are to be made between a woman, who is a newcomer, and an assembly of guests, the newcomer is given the formal distinction of receiving the introductions. Miss Brown, let me present Mrs. Robinson, Miss Robinson, Miss Helen Robinson, Mr. Jones, Mr. Truesdale. Often, the form of introduction is curtailed, especially when the company is numerous. In such case, merely the names are spoken, that of the stranger having first place. Miss Brown, Mrs. Robinson, Miss Robinson, Miss Helen Robinson, Mr. Jones, Mr. Truesdale. Care must be taken to remember that the person to whom the introduction is made has the place of honor. It is on this account that the rule of proper procedure requires the presentation of a man to a woman and always the presentation of the inferior to the superior, although the distinction is usually purely theoretical. For example, an unmarried woman should be presented to a matron. So, the younger person should be presented to his or her elders. The ordinary person should be presented to the person of distinction. Where men or women are of nearly equal age or station, it is safer not to discriminate between them by presenting one to the other. It is merely enough to name them. Mr. Smith, Mr. Robinson, or Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Brown. It is a part of good tact on the part of a host or hostess in making introductions to add a few words of explanation as to some particular interest of each, which may be of assistance to them at the beginning of their conversation. In every instance, the greatest care should be taken by the person making an introduction to pronounce both names with the utmost clearness. Nothing is more annoying than an indistinct mumble that leaves the hearers uninformed. When for any reason, one fails to understand a stranger's name at the time of introduction, it is permissible to ask it. Pardon me, but I did not understand the name. 
There are some variations that should be noted as to the manner of acknowledging an introduction. In her own home, a woman should offer her hand while saying, Mrs. Smith, I am very glad to meet you, or any similar phrase of cordial greeting. But such a cordial phrase is not to be used by a woman when a man is presented to her, unless she is the hostess. A man, on the contrary, on receiving his introduction to a lady, should express his appreciation in a courteous sentence. I am very glad to meet you, Miss Robinson. The tendency today is toward elimination of handshaking by women on the occasion of an introduction, except in the case of a hostess. A slight bow of the head, a smile, and the repetition of the stranger's name are deemed enough. But many women still prefer a less formal manner and give their hand when an introduction is made. It is the duty of a hostess to stand up when receiving an introduction. This applies equally whether the stranger is a man or a woman. But a woman other than the hostess, when a member of a group, remains seated during any introduction to her unless it is one of her superior in age or station whom she should honor by rising. Otherwise, it is preferable for a woman to stand in acknowledging an introduction of one of her own sex though she should remain seated when a man is presented to her. In England, it is usual to omit introductions among those gathered in the same house, and guests are expected to conduct themselves as acquaintances without this formality. In our country, however, the custom has not prevailed to any considerable extent, and it is not ordinarily proper for strangers to address each other without having been introduced, even though they are fellow guests. A hostess should introduce all her guests, one to another, at ordinary dinner parties, luncheons, or breakfasts. But in the case of very large dinner parties, she is required only to introduce those who are to be partners at table, though it is advisable for her to make other introductions to any extent convenient. At the table, however, introductions should be carefully avoided. If the women leave the table before the men, other introductions may be made among them in the drawing room. The men, too, on returning to the drawing room, may be presented to such women as they have not already met. When a hostess receives at home, she should introduce each new arrival to some of the guests who are nearby. If she has an assistant in receiving, each guest should be presented. On formal occasions, it is not her duty to go about among the guests in order to introduce them. The hostess at a large ball follows a similar course of conduct, but in less formal affairs she should be at pains to see that no guest is neglected and that each, as far as possible, has a due share in the dancing. It is especially desirable on all formal occasions, such as large balls, for example, that a man wishing to present a friend to a woman should first privately ask her permission. Introductions of a very casual sort should never be taken too seriously. This applies particularly to those made in a public place, such as the street, when a person accompanied by a friend meets an acquaintance, who is a stranger to that friend, and there is a pause for a brief chat. Usually, there is no occasion for an introduction under these circumstances, and if one is made, it may be afterward ignored. As a matter of fact, only a rather extensive conversation between the acquaintances would justify an introduction. 
perfunctory introductions of those temporarily associated in a game on the tennis court or the like are to be regarded as equally casual and not of a sort necessitating subsequent recognition introductions may be formally made by letter in such case the letter should deal exclusively with the introduction there is no set form but the following will serve as a sufficient guide to be varied according to personal inclination burlington vermont june first nineteen nineteen my dear mrs smith it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to my friend miss truesdale who is about to visit relatives in your city i shall deeply appreciate any courtesy you may show her with kindest regards to yourself and mr smith i am yours sincerely mabel potter a similar form will suffice for the introduction of a man whether to another man or to a woman discretion should be exercised always in the granting of letters of introduction and it is well to write a separate letter giving details concerning the person thus introduced the letter of introduction itself should be placed in an addressed envelope which is left unsealed to be presented in person by the one to be introduced instead of a letter a common practice uses the visiting card of the person making the introduction in such case a line is written across the top of the card introducing mr russell elliott this card also is enclosed within its proper envelope duly addressed but unsealed and delivered to the person for whose benefit it is given it is common for a man to call at the residence of the person to whom the introduction is addressed and there give the envelope still unsealed to the servant together with his own card in the absence of the host or hostess the caller places his own card inside the envelope which is then sealed and left a woman never follows this procedure she places her card in the envelope containing the introduction which is then sealed and dropped in the post for delivery when receiving such a letter of introduction whether a man or woman is expected if the bearer is a woman to call on her within two days time and to follow this up with some sort of hospitable entertainment if for any imperative reason a call is impossible a letter should be written in explanation the like procedure is followed when both parties are men but when a man presents such a letter of introduction to a woman she does not of course call upon him but writes to extend her hospitable offers End of chapter 10. Recording by Charlotte Weeks, 